So, Connor and Brian. What's going on, man? Uh, Not too much. As you can all probably tell, both you people on my phone screen right now and everybody that might be listening to this or not listening to this, uh, whichever you prefer, uh, we are doing another remote edition of the Greedo Shop First podcast. But before we get started, I was brought to my attention recently. So Star Wars Minute, my favorite Star Wars podcast out there. You love reference talking all about the time. Them. I love oh, talking yes. about them. They are back. <laughs> They're doing The Last Jedi right now. Oh. And it was brought to my attention recently. Uh, are we aware of what a collection of porks are called? A murder? You know what? <laughs> Tell me it's, it's a murder. Gonna... No, it is canonically a murder of porks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, hold on. How did you dig this up? Where, where would you find this out? So... Uh, so they just finished like m- the minutes like 15 through 20 and that is like the first scene on Octo uh, <laughs> and where we first meet the, the lovable creatures that we all know and love that are Porgs. Right. And so they invited a couple of Porgologists onto the show. <laughs> what the hell are Porgs? Like what? <laughs> Porgologists? They are premier Porg scientists. Oh my goodness. And they informed us all that they are, in fact, a murder of porks. So the implication there being that they're a bird of prey. Yes. That's, I guess that's very exciting. Sense. Yeah. There was all kinds of interesting crap. Like, they, I mean, apparently porks are pretty smart. Like, it kind of goes into this weird line between, like, okay, uh, you know, is this an intelligent species or is this a, uh, you know, farm animal, etc.? <laughs> so I'm excited you bring this up because I'm going to get into this. But first of all, Uta Puta, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name's Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars and anything even freaking related to Star Wars, especially uh, Bird of Prey in uh, mass numbers, apparently. That's just become yes. like a, a side plot on this show, which I love. <laughs> Everything has become a murder. But to well, get back at it. I'm I don't here, know. I, know. I don't know if I can push this example any further because a like I've used it in games. three I've yeah, I've used it in three straight episodes, <laughs> and I, pro- I don't know I if I can you, do it again. We're going to try. We're going to <laughs> uh, but to to add to it, so uh, everyone's favorite uh, space pirate, Hondo Onaka. The novel yes. that I have that's read like read by Jim Cummings, um, one of the stories is about him taking the Falcon off of Chewie's hands whenever they're helping with the resistance, right? And while he has the Falcon, there happens to be a murder of Porgs on board. And <laughs> he has the Porgs on board whenever he's seized by other pirates, and he has the Porgs actually help him escape and take over the Millennium Falcon once again, all by him... Uh, using Pavlovian effect, <laughs> essentially he had like conditioning. Exactly, like he had, he had like these snack puff things, and he was like, "I wanted, to, I wanted the puff cube, but every time I went to go like sizzle one, I would turn my back and it would disappear, and I would hear nothing but the flapping of wings or something like that." So it was always like you know he would miss it by that much, and so he would eventually use it to his thing and. Throw the whole bag onto the bad guy, and all the porgs would attack him in hilarious fashion. I mean, come on, <laughs> nice. You can't you can't go wrong with that. I uh, I approve of this. Very nice, chewy. Uh, very nice porgs. Uh, 
fun fact about porgs that I also learned. Uh, the first actual like same sex pairing in the Star Wars universe. Like everybody thinks it's like those two women that kiss like in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Right. Apparently two of the porgs like early in Last Jedi are both considered male porgs, but they're like canoodling. So, so it's like isn't it like penguins? It's kind of the yeah, thing ex- like they, well exactly, yeah. They, they adopt the, the species kind of deal. Exactly. I could see they, that they well, fu- love finds a way. Yeah. Well this also feeds into uh Hank Green and his story from yeah, from a certain point of view, like it's just the naturalist side of Star Wars we never really hear about. Exactly. But uh, we should save this for another topic because I like this. I like getting into the uh, I don't know. What's, <laughs> the, not, I guess the ecology do. of uh, ecology. Yes, the I was galaxy. about to say biology. Yes, exactly. But uh, to get onto our topic today, we're actually we're continuing on with our season seven review. Uh, last episode we did the Bad Batch arc, which. I thought I gotta say it was pretty fun. I enjoyed that one. Yes. And now we're on to the one that everyone kind of considers filler. Uh, <laughs> it's. I, I mean, I, I hate to kind of put it down that way, but I'm 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 here to bring it up because I I actually well, want to I want to talk about the good of this arc. If I can bring okay. it. Okay. Well, you will. You're gonna have some water to carry because I personally don't have a whole lot good to say about the Martez sisters. The Martez sisters and their arc with Ahsoka. So this is essentially yes. the Ahsoka arc of the series. We, the first one we're having Rex. This is Ahsoka's, and then we're going to have the combined one. <laughs> the of the Ahsoka end. and Rex, yes. Exactly. So uh, to put to it, this one's made up of four episodes again. Uh, the episodes, uh, if you want me to read the descriptions, I can do like we did last time. Yeah, please go for it. <clears throat> so uh, we have episode f- uh, season seven, episode five, Gone with a Trace. Ahsoka befriends a pilot, but must hide from her Jedi past while trying to stop a dangerous droid. Episode 6, Deal, No Deal. Trace makes a rash decision after learning uh, what they're transporting uh, What they're transporting is for the Pike Syndicate. Uh, episode 7, Dangerous Debt. Taken prisoner by the Pikes, Ahsoka and the Martez sisters attempt an escape. And number 8, Together Again. Ahsoka bargains for the sisters' freedoms and makes a startling discovery. So, easy enough. This is a, uh, it's, again, I don't know how else to kind of put it, but this is Ahsoka's story, and it it picks up really right after we see her, you know, leave the Jedi Order. So, yes. I, the way I kind of want to look at it is, like, you got to put her, you got to put yourself in her shoes at that point. She's just been, you know, she's been tried and she lost her faith in the Jedi, and that's all she ever knew. And now she's just trying to find her way in the galaxy, right? So that's kind of where we see her. And I also got to say, this is another great shot, shot of uh, thirteen thirteen right off the bat. Yes, that's that's one of the highlights I like. Is like I like seeing the seedier sides of Coruscant, and we've all we've heard about thirteen thirteen. We know about thirteen thirteen, the supposed old game and everything like that. So it's always cool to see references to it. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know when it comes to her crashing and everything like that. It's it's awfully convenient. It's a fun little <laughs> it's a fun little like a uh, crash landing scene, which is so, like it's it's just so Star Wars. And somehow she's able to cling on the entire time uh, to her bike as it's just crashing down. I don't know how it works. Yes. Well, the force, I, well, of course, the force, of course, of course, of course, the force. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do agree. I actually, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy like the opening to this arc with like the acknowledgement that it's 1313 and, and not only like by appearance, but also when we first meet uh, Trace Martez, she says, welcome to 1313. Like, yeah, like very casually. Be, yeah. As <laughs> if it could be any more... Uh, clear i suppose but uh yeah i mean i appreciate that and this that scene in and of itself is like it's a little bit like okay this is the kids show dynamic kind of picking up um but at the same time it works that it's just like okay like you know ahsoka left the jedi order she doesn't know a life outside of the jedi order she probably got swindled into even taking this like swoop bike that she's riding and i mean she even says as much she's like uh, it, yeah, this hunk of junk, I, I paid too much for or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So it just kind of indicates some of the naivete that like she has as like a, a teenage girl or whatever the case may right. be. Well, um, I mean, during, like she was like, so this is kind of what I want to refer to. This is like, this is from a, uh, uh, an article that I was reading about this arc, essentially just saying that in her training, uh, she's never actually been trained as a Jedi. She's only ever become a Padawan. And right. technically, like she never achieved the you know Jedi status or anything like that, so she has this weird you know weird feeling about the whole thing to begin with, uh, yeah. and now she's just jaded by the whole experience, and I think she's trying to put that behind her. But like you can see that th- like there are moments where like that side of her is irking up, and she like knows the difference between right and wrong, and like the point where like she, the trace the girl who you know says welcome to thirteen thirteen. She's attacked by some thugs because it's 1313. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, Ahsoka has to be like, well, now you need help. And pretty much just kicks their butt. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm tough. I did, I did some stuff. I work security. I think that's what you said, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah, something to that extent. I don't know. But all I'm getting at is like, this, it's a good start to, uh, you know, it's, it's a good start to this arc and it shows you know, where she is and like, it reminds us of what has happened too. like, that's, that was also the beginning of just being like, you know, <clears throat> previously on, like she got blamed for, you know, this whole thing. And then she's like, Oh, but it really wasn't you. So you can come back into the fold. And she's like, JK, I'm not going to do that. And, right. Yeah. Thanks. But no, exactly. And we also know this was also like a heavy moment for Anakin as well, because he was the one who actually discovered, you know, that she was innocent and tried to protect her. And we know how that all goes. Yeah. I so. I saw an interesting like examination recently of you know so if we go back and and sorry Brian and sorry listeners who maybe aren't as aware of like what happens to Ahsoka in terms of her expulsion from the Jedi Order right uh, I mean there is a, a a sequence where like Yoda I believe it's Yoda it might be Mace Windu but I think it's Yoda like talks about the council was not unanimous in their decision to expel her. Yeah. Uh, but that she like majority rules and so on. And people have long suspected like, okay, so who like who voted to acquit and who voted to accuse? Oh. And the like the most interesting one that I've seen was like, okay, what did Obi-Wan do? Right. That's <laughs> and, also fair. Yeah. And, and this, paper or i don't know it was just some stupid web article or whatever laid out a pretty compelling case that like obi-wan as a moral good person would have voted to expel her 
if he's sticking uh, to like, his laurels as a Jedi, yeah. I see that. I see that totally. Yeah. I mean, apparently the only like master who actually did like who truly stuck with her the whole time was Plo Koon. So. I was, I, I was hoping you were going to say as much. Yes. So Plo Koon <laughs> is the one who actually found Ahsoka uh, when she was nothing but a toddler, basically. And so yes. they have that. They have that they have almost that. like father son, the father daughter connection here in a mm. weird way. So, exactly. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Plo Koon's <laughs> a character we don't talk about enough, and I, I'm, I'm oh. upset about. That's a, that's a fair point. We we'll have to we'll have to do a uh, Plo Koon appreciation podcast. <laughs> Plo Koon deep dive. Plo Koon yes. power hour. There we go. We got it. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, but getting back to into this episode. So we well, so we know uh, Trace Martez, and then we meet her sister Rafa Martez, or Rafa. who is I don't know I. Like, I don't know. First of at, all, at some point, I'm just like, I have big picture things to say about this episode. So I'll let you kind of <laughs> lead through the narrative, Connor, because. So, no, think... uh, all right. So, to, to kind of, you know, shorten it, uh, we are introduced to Rafa, and she seems, you know, she seems very, uh, she seems like the pirate esque, you know, uh, characters we've come to know and love of Star Wars. She's uh, kind of uh, charming kind of a scoundrel person. And we also see that she has a seedy side because obviously she owed the gangster's money. And she's like, no, listen, I got it. We're going to fix up these droids. It's going to be fine. And then they fix the droids. It turns out the droids are actually defective and they're like actual giant murder bots. And she's <laughs> yes. like, whatever, we'll just sell them. It won't be our problem. And I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the the whole arc right there, I think, right? Yes. The, and, what are they? Mark II load lifters, right? Mark II load lifters. And like, it was a point where Ahsoka was like, Wait a minute, why does that sound so familiar? Like she's so familiar with the make of droids that she's like, I know this one specifically because they just turned into gladiator bots or something like that. <laughs> exactly. And I'm wondering if it's like, is that just the most useful point of just conjecture or whatever? Like the most useful point of being like, oh yeah, it's these things that we've never talked about before. <laughs> or is there an actual like moment in like the past six seasons that she's actually come across those. Well, I'm glad That's... you guys are clearing that up because my immediate thought was, huh, I guess there's a storyline there. That's pretty <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, if there is an aha moment, I'm completely missing it. Right okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's that. I think it's just the idea that they're binary load lifters. Mm hmm. Like you know, which is a callback, obvious to obviously to Star Wars seventy seven, in terms of C three PO talks about my first job was programming binary load lifters, <laughs> right? Uh, but it's I guess there is a disconnect to me though that's like okay, if like when I think of binary, I think of like okay, it can like go up and it can go down, and like it probably carries a load with it, and then it drops the load and whatever. Like it yeah. would have to be a very simple machine. Whereas the idea that like these that what this Mark II load lifter is capable of doing is like completely insane. It's like running on like on buildings and it's it's going haywire. It's kind yeah, of yeah. This is this was like, like the uh, the murderous version of the uh, Boston Dynamics unshakable robot. <laughs> yes. If it became self-aware and In realized space. we were the problem. That's right. Like, that's kind of what happened. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you can kind of relate it to like how the Hulk would like take down the city. That's kind of what they were going for. It's just like this this, this hulking beast in a way, just kind of tearing, tearing crap up. But I don't know, the whole sequence of them going after with their, like, the forklift ship thing, like, 
that was kind of cool. And then there was that moment where uh, Ahsoka was forced to use said force and yes. kind of reveal herself. I, I, I did like that because like absolutely nobody noticed except that except, little like the little kid. Yeah, the Twilight child. He's like, think what? Twilight. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was. I think there was head tails, <laughs> but it was just like there was just that oh, what? like that gasp <laughs> moment. Exactly. Uh, so I love that. Um, you know, and it was just cool. And she was like, I guess it held. And somehow uh Trace has the grip of steel. She's yes. got Spider-Man <laughs> figures. Which yes. is it's also just like that's another trope of just action movies that all action stars have grips of steel. Like just it's crazy just that, upper body and grip strength. That's what I'm saying. Yes. You can hold on to anything with just their pinky finger. I mean, come on. <laughs> but as to, as you uh, as you were alluding to, Andrew, uh, what uh, what do you think? Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm just going to kind of start to go into it a little bit here. I mean, I think we we certainly learn more about Trace in the next episode. But yes, but I think for this episode we can talk about Rafa a little bit, even though she's a little bit more ancillary in the story overall. She's just and, a, yeah. But like, there's just something about her. Like, I I wrote this note about her is that she's on the wrong side of Beckett, like from Solo. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know Woody Harrelson's Carol character, um, but she's just like to me. She's too hard in a sense. She's, like she doesn't have that kind of suave. Like you described her as like piratey, but like to me, she doesn't have that kind of suaveness and like actual pirateiness. It's hard to see the redeeming qualities right off the bat. Exactly. There's no and, there's no charm that you can kind of get swayed by. It is she is she is very rude. Like I won't deny that. Like her yeah. whole her whole presence is just like, why are you here? We're sisters. Like you can't come between <laughs> the sisters. Like we're exactly. the we're the Martez sisters. You're just Ahsoka. Who are you? Like that yeah. that's kind of was her whole arc the entire time. I, I'll agree with that. Yes. And I mean I I can see a point to it. Like I think there is a certain extent where this is Ahsoka learning to deal with people and learning to deal with difficult people yeah um but it just it didn't feel like okay this isn't like rafa martez is not like you know the female version of han solo or lando or or even a beckett um, no 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 you know she's just like you know life is tough for me and i'm just a grump because of it essentially <laughs> essentially i mean that's that i mean that's exactly what it comes across for me i agree with that it's it's that thirteen thirteen mentality, right? Exactly. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh man! But I mean, to put into it a little bit more, going into like the next episode, as you say, like we soon find out that she's a little more scummier than we realized because she's yes. like, we can make all of our dreams come true if we do this one job and we use this ship that Trace has been building for freaking ever, and she the named silver the Silver Angel. The silver Angel. I don't like. I, I can't believe they were making fun of her for the name. I was like, it doesn't like. It doesn't seem like a bad name to it's me. A, like, it's a perfectly normal like spaceship name. Yeah, like that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like I can't see the appeal in like making fun of it. But I guess maybe in Star Wars lore, like Silver Angel is just something that's silly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it's like somewhat like a, a kind of winking nod at like Episode One and like. Annie calling uh, Padme. Are you an angel? It's true. Being I mean, very honestly, creepy. And, and like the angels about- of Iaga that they do actually cover in earlier season of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Well, even to that end, the, the ship itself 
it's kind of similar to that build from episode one of the uh, the N- Nabooan uh, Nubian. Yeah, Nubian. Ah, uh-huh. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, they take the ship and she finds out that like, oh wait, where do they go? They go to the good side of Kessel, right? Yes, the nice Something side. Something that I never even realized was <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like greenery and all that. That was uh, yeah. that was news to me. <laughs> that was jarring, right. but. Uh, but I like I and actually I kind of liked that like the idea that like yes they like here is the like the people that are getting rich off of all of this spice mining etc. The fat cats, yes, the big wigs. It's I mean that and I like that side of it because like I mean we they kind of tackled spice in earlier seasons and I mean the spice storylines are always interesting you know in their own right so. I mean, you knew you were going to have some fun with it in that sense. And like Ahsoka obviously knew what was up. She's like, she was onto it from the start. She's like, why are we going to Pike in the first place? Or not like to Kessel. And yes. then, you know, getting all this. And then that flyover being like in like traces. Uh, and look at all those bird. droids. All those droids. See, I've thrown <laughs> thousands of them. It's like, those aren't, those aren't droids. droids. <laughs> oh my God. Well, then, yeah. and that's just, that's the sad side of it. We also see, you know, the, the riot of Kessel later on in uh, Solo, and like, you know, yes. we get to see a little more in depth. That honestly, like, that's all I ever knew of Kessel until this episode. So, right. to that end, like, like you're saying, like, I appreciate that they're showing, like, well, there is finer things on Kessel, but it's not for everybody, obviously. It, well, exactly. It's for the very, very select few. And, uh, and, and yeah, there's just an interesting, like, I do think we get a good perspective of, like, the contrast between the mines and, the you know and and the nice side of kessel essentially and like we know like we as kind of media consumers in a sense like have seen this kind of dichotomy play out many times before but like i think it's interesting to see it from the perspective of like a former jedi padawan and like two like dirt poor street hoods from coruscant that's also fair, yeah. And like, I I don't know how she was able to like score this deal in the first place, but everyone's trying to peddle it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's like if you have a ship, you automatically fit the bill. Yeah. Oh, that, that also, seems to be right. The, to backtrack too, there was a nice little cameo from uh, uh, Commander or was it Admiral Yularen? I'm yes. pretty sure. Where she's like, "This is a military zone. Get out of it right away." And yeah. she's like, you'll, you'll have your pilot's license for this. And she's like, I need pilot's like, license? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, come on, man. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, she, I did appreciate that sequence. And, like, that obviously has, uh, you know, major, sh- like, shades of Return of the Jedi in terms of, like, yeah, I don't it, know, like it was such a heavy, right? yeah, it was such a heavy homage. And, like, also, like, Anakin actually being there and saying, no let them through essentially because he senses ahsoka on the ship and uh, yeah i mean it was like personally i like that and like i don't feel like we get a lot of that kind of heavy-handed homage that often like in in the story of the clone wars but but i appreciated it here that was good and like i it's again it's just one of those moments you gotta appreciate from the crew making it i guess you know yeah they do a lot of good a lot of good subtle work but, but even then to the, we, yeah, well, and and to that I was gonna say, and then we get into like my issue with Trace as a character. Oh no! <laughs> when she decides to dump the spice because Rafa and Ahsoka are fighting over what to do with it. Yes, and it's just like it's it's <laughs> too daft. It's too like 
I mean, it's a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle of modern science that she's still alive for this episode to take place. You're if not this wrong. is the way she deals with problems. Yeah. Well, I have to look. I, I guess in a way to explain it, I'd have to think that Rafa is the problem solver in that sense. Like Trace yeah. is probably just the worker bee. And then Rafa is just, the, you know, she does all the talking and all that kind of crap. So this yeah. is her moment to actually act and like for herself, and she chose a cra- like a crappy decision. That's the yes. only kind of really defense I can give of it. But I agree <laughs> that like that was like that was a terrible option C. You know, like even Ahsoka was like, well, if we had it, we still had some leverage. We could have yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having, yeah. Even having Ahsoka's it. like, I would rather give it to the Pikes than do what you did. And it's <laughs> like, that pretty much Come says on. everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. So, but right. again, that's also how you build. You know, a, a couple extra episodes to build up to what we're going to. <laughs> and so, the other, well, and the other way you can do that is if you literally. So we can kind of just move to the third episode, I think. Oh, yeah, honestly, we've we've covered most of that. (laughs) Where they start in prison, and guess where they end? In prison? (laughs) The whole episode! I can't believe they did that. I mean, uh, you know, I think this is something, especially, like, Brian, you and I have to kind of own up to, because I know know you're kind of in the the Last Jedi camp with me. Uh, But, like, the whole, like, Finn subplot in that film is literally a circle that leads nowhere. Yep. It's true. Trust me. I <laughs> yep. agree. Like, and that's that was the part that kind of surprised me because I remember even going into season seven, like thinking to myself, like, are they gonna do like a one-off episode? Like, is there gonna be a one-off episode? It's like, meanwhile, on Naboo, you know, yes. like there's just this subplot with C3PO and you know, Jar Jar or something. I wasn't and, sure how bold they were gonna get with it. Yeah, but and the, I, the, you know. And I rather and like I honestly think that would have been a much stronger choice than like literally okay we're in prison we're gonna break out everybody individually is gonna do something different and then we're all gonna end up back in the same cell at the end of the episode yeah it's just uh, I think and like yeah and it's just one of those things to me I guess sorry to, to cut you off there Connor no, but no, no, it's no. just one of those things where like okay you have a twelve episode run to finish this story. And this is how you decide to spend one of those 12 episodes. Right. Yeah. That's what you just put too much pressure on yourself that way. It's like, well, I mean, so even to that end, I think this episode's uh, primary focus is like a bunch of like uh, backstory and exposition, especially for the sisters. Like this well, is where we discover yes. like, you know, well, it's like, why don't you like, like, why don't you guys like the Jedi? I so got asked. It's like, well, because our parents were killed by said Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that like, that it, might be the only redeeming like plot point you can you can pick out of this one. There's not yeah. a ton mm-hmm. of character development. Like if you're going to no, have I'm... a circular like the snake eating its own tail kind of a plot, you better have some crazy world building or character development that goes in with no. that storyline and it it wasn't here. And there's like a little bit. Yeah, there's like <laughs> so, oh, they don't like Jedi for X yeah. reason. Uh, yeah. well, and there is, and that's certainly a reference to like the final arc of season one of the Clone Wars. You know, that's basically what they're detailing is the the Cad Bane plot. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, no, all I was going to say is like it's also just going into like everyone's general feelings about the war itself towards this moment in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. because like we got to remember this is right before it runs in the Sith, and like for all everyone knows, like you know people are for the war. But we've already seen in, uh, like in the Clone Wars, especially towards like the the Ahsoka on the run, 
like there are protesters of the war like people are yeah. against it and like you know people are starting to wonder like why is this being fought in the first place and all this kind of stuff so like people's feelings are already like very sour about all that and they were even more sour about the jedi and this is just reinforcing it too to like also just kind of play up to what Ahsoka's going through. And again, she's just like, well, I'm just associated with the Jedi. And then I also meet people who are like, well, this is why we don't like the Jedi. And it's like, well, the Jedi should be this. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where Ahsoka's ultimate arc comes where like, she's like, well, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do a selfless act and try and help the sisters. But inevitably, as you say, you end up back in camp. You know, you end up back in prison. It's like, come on. So, yeah. but and and that's fair, and and I guess to be fair, like there, I understand like the kind of plot that device that they're trying to kind of set up here. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, as you have described it, Connor, like this is Ahsoka's story. It's not a necessarily about the Martez sisters, right? And I think there is something to be said that like if you kind of disassociate them as nothing more than just like flat character foils for the story. Like it just like Ahsoka does learn and she kind of learns that. Yeah. Like some of these doubts that I had about the Jedi are actually totally validated. And these people are validating it for me. Right. You're hearing it from Um, someone who isn't like your built in family of Jedi, you know, a fellow Jedi. Yeah. This is kind of this four episode arc is kind of her first, uh, first true, true venture out into the outside world outside of her like jedi jedi uh echo chamber so yeah, no no safety net she doesn't have a room to go back to or anything mm-hmm. like that so it's the first so, time those those doubts have been validated by outsiders for sure exactly yeah exactly and so we do learn some some things and some you know and i think ahsoka definitely does learn and kind of grows up a little bit but there's just something about it that's just really annoying to me that like you know it as kind of a parable of this episode, it's like the Martez sisters are still exactly the same at the end. Like, yep. you know, Rafa's yeah. still like, well, we're sisters. Why do you think you can come in here and disrupt what we got? Cause we sisters. It's and exactly like, right. Yeah. And like, there's family. no, there's, she, yeah, she hasn't <laughs> built anything. She's still just a, like the same rude kind of stuck up person. She will be like, she's like, yeah, it's me and trace and no one else. Yeah, you know. and, and Trace is just like, I don't want to live in a world where I have to like be held responsible for my cons- like for the the consequences of my actions. If you dump the spice, it ain't gonna be nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's a common saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but to, they do say that they do say that, especially around Kessel. But uh, to uh, to f- uh, finish it out, we'll go to the last episode. Oh wait, one more thing. I guess uh, did we also see uh, Bo Katan? Yes, Ta-da. we get to see oh, Bo Katan. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, she's just bumped into on the street, and she's like, "Hmm, I recognize that butt I spanked a while ago." You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay. That's also yeah. If anyone doesn't remember the first time Bo Katan and Ahsoka meet, she just spanks her on the butt occasionally. Casually, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They made like I forget what I watched. I think I watched an uh, an honest trailer of season two of Mandalorian. And they're like. <laughs> Bo-Katan. It's just like they just did that scene of it. It's hilarious. Well, uh. my only, like, genuinely the only note I wrote about Bo-Katan for, like, this arc is Bo-Katan is kind of just a creep. So, basically, she, she follows her around, like, which we, she planned yeah. ops for, her, for goodness sake. Exactly. Follows her all the way from, uh, what planet are they on? 
They were on Kessel, and then they jumped to somewhere else. I forget where they jumped. Whatever the Pike planet is. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. correct. They went to the Pike. <laughs> uh, hold on. I might actually have it up here. Let's see. Uh, I don't have it up here. Well, while you're looking, I will say, uh, I will confirm the first time I saw Bo-Katan on the show, I 100% did the Leo point. I was like, oh, <laughs> I know who that is. Yes. You recognize that face. And you, yeah, you coming from Mando to this. That's that, right. That makes sense. I'm backtracking. So backtracking. how how old is how old is Bo-Katan here? Well, uh, in Star Wars years, she's about 3,700 years old. Yeah. Like, because like she's <laughs> but, but what about in dog years? In dog years. Uh, I, you know, so, so divide I, that by seven, right? If I if I had to like throw uh, an estimate out there, I just, I'd say that she's on the younger side. I'd say late teens, early 20s, that kind of deal. Okay. Like, I, I feel like she's a young, like a young rebellious person who joins Death Watch. And yeah. then she like kind of grows up whenever uh, the Satine uh, falls kind of deal. So, wait, yeah, no, no age is listed for her, but I I feel like there is actually some continuity with that because like she's she's like a lieutenant in Death Watch, so she's not really like a, a senior officer per se. Um, but the Obadiah. planet is Obadiah. 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 Dang it! So you got me right before. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, we were on the same ball. This doesn't matter. I'm gonna catch you up later. Trust me. No. So I, I have no doubt. Well, <laughs> but yeah, so Obadiah to Kessel to freaking, uh, was back to Coruscant, right? Yes. And, uh, so, th- th- and again, this is the point where Ahsoka's finally like, well, I get what I have to do now. I have to be selfless. I have to protect the sisters. She's like, you guys get out of here. Otherwise, I'm going to send them to look for your family. And it's like, Tee-hee, they don't have a family. And that's why they're going to be able to escape. And Trace is like, why would she say that? She knows we don't have a family. And Rafa's like, of course she would say that. Like it's obvious, man. Like just open yeah. it all. It's like, like I, I don't know. Like I, there's part of me that's like, okay, I shouldn't be like judging this story as like a 32 year old man or whatever. <laughs> there's definitely okay. that aspect that's, of it, yeah. right? Yeah, like it's definitely targeted at like you know young adolescent girls. Yeah, yeah like, but at the same time, it's just like. If you want to create like empowered women characters, I would argue you don't have to make them that daft. It's just Basically. what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, especially like the whole idea of your if you're really implying that 1313 is the, you know, the ninth ring of hell in a way. Like it's just like you gotta have better street smarts than that. Yeah. Know? I don't know. That's, I feel like anyone would know that. Yeah. That's kind of where my thought was like, okay, so these these sisters are absolute badasses because of where they grew up. The kind of the crucible where where they were raised. Exactly. Why it's don't just, they act like it? Uh, oh, because it's a kid yeah, show. It's, on it's, Disney. A, it's a kid show. Ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, they still they're still selling drugs, so you got that going. Well, and that's that's the other part of I guess what I. Uh, like the issue that I have. And again, this is why like you have to dissociate like, like Ahsoka's growth in this story, which I think is legitimate from Mm. the sisters, because there's no doubt in my mind that like, as soon as Ahsoka is gone, like Rafa's going to turn around to trace and say, all right, let's go do some more drug dealing. Now I got some more binary load. (laughs) This week we're pushing death sticks. Let's do it. (laughs) Exactly. I know a guy. 
What was the guy's name? God, <laughs> hold on. So uh, on sleeves back on it. <laughs> sleeves back on him. So oh so God. I I have to ask also um in this arc when Ahsoka is talking about like you you could give that to someone and they could make medicine out of it. That'd be great. Yeah. You could actually do some good with all this spice. I wasn't aware that spice had like medicinal properties as well. So it's like it, it's unrefined. Like the idea is that you can you can turn it into almost anything. You know. So it's it, it so it's a one to one apples to apples uh, opiate metaphor. Yeah. In a way, pretty much. yeah. Pretty okay. Much. It's we're like into the pure like Dune saga spice. Yeah. Understanding where it's like, yeah, the mirage, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. No, yeah. uh, but even like even to that end, like yeah, you know, the idea of spice itself, you know, is like you think of like East Indian Trading Company kind of deal. Like you know, they they, sh- they trade in sugar and spice, and it's like that's that's kind of the that was I don't know. That's kind of where I always took it. And you think about it, we're also dealing with space pirates at the same time too. So what the heck. I don't know. Or it could just be that weird stuff you got at the corner store that <laughs> kind of made people paranoid and like eat people's faces. Who knows? But I think that that was like the bad stuff. Bath salts. Who knows? Yeah. Bath salts. <laughs> Either mm, way, it's not only good. in Florida. Only in Florida. Not uh, even so, once. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I mean, the whole the whole episode kind of comes to a close. I mean, we, we the the whole long and short of it is. She's able to let the sisters get away, but the sisters are like, no, we're going to come back and rescue. No, Rafa's whole deal is like, I'm going to rescue Ahsoka just to say, I told you so. Because otherwise like she'd, she'd hold it against me. She'd hold it against me, right. So it's like, okay, that's it's kind of a little clever line and all that kind of stuff. And like, we, you know, we get the nice escape and the pikes get one over on everything. But we also get to see Maul is like back in charge of like, you know, the underworld. We get to see that scene and she's able to find out, oh, well, I know where the transmission comes from. And maybe she's able to give it to the Jedi. And like, that's kind of where we see the setup. Like, that's what this episode is. It's a setup for the final arc itself. Exactly. And even, even so much to that point that when they're finally back on Coruscant and uh, Bo like confronts her, it's that whole thing of like, I think we could help each other, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but I did want to bring up one thing. I don't know if they ever brought up this character. They've, they've had to have him at least in the background and other times, or at least species of this character. But the, uh, the tomb, like uh, cargo guy who was like dealing <laughs> with the, uh, the, the spice, like, I don't think you had a, an appointment. To You're not the on the manifest. You're not on the manifest. It's Ben Quadraneros's uh, species. Yes, yes. I had to look ben. it up. <laughs> so I, I was like, I know this guy looks familiar. Again, I, I, did the, to, I did the pointing thing. It's like, I know that guy. His, his freaking pod racer blew up. You know, and then we also get to see a, a transdotion just kind of, you know, yeah. go, go yeah. wreck. I like, wreck yeah, I, I do appreciate that part where it was like, okay. Uh, yeah, you call on your foreman, and we'll talk to him directly. <laughs> assuming it's going to be another, you know, little pipsqueak guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's it's, I mean, uh, that, it's not. that in there. That's that's a good little humor part. You kind of saw oh, something like that. There was yes. there was one point I was watching this with Kate um, because I subjected her to that. Um, Ooh, <laughs> wow. The, when I hope you just kept going and watched the Siege of Mandalore afterwards and was like, this is what it can be. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, she was TikToking the whole time. Oh, uh, fair. She, she was not engaged. But at one point, <laughs> so when when they're fighting the uh, the Transdotian uh, cargo master, if you will, 
There's yes. one point when they're up on that platform when it's up in the air, and she hits him, and I swear to God they used a sound clip of a Velociraptor from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I swear to God, like they're. Ah! I, I think I know which one you're talking about because like it stuck out to me as like this is clearly like they clearly are doing something with the sound here that's not yeah. like diegetic to this actual scene for sure i i rewound even, it and watched it like five times even to that end i know that like like the tie fighter sound effect has been used in like certain dinosaur movies too or at least to certain aspects somewhere i know i've heard it outside of star wars so i mean it might just be one of those things where it's like this sound was so perfect to what you need and also we're, we're dealing with a reptilian species in the first place yeah that's kind of where i thought I, the nod fell I in i could see that I'm surprised it wasn't like snarling at that point, you know. <laughs> yes, but all the same, this like again to get back to like what I would like to try and redeem out of this whole arc is the fact that, uh, you know, this kind of builds up what the Jedi should be in Ahsoka's eyes. She's you know she's kind of changed her mind on everything, especially after what we've seen her go through. And this leads into what will be, you know, her final arc. And there's a point that, like, I'll I'll just kind of preview this. There's a point in the final arc where <clears throat> Ahsoka has a, a talk back and forth between Obi Wan and Anakin, and uh, there's, I mean, there's like, it's essentially just an accusation that's got, that gets tossed, and uh, you know, the response that Obi Wan gives kind of gives Anakin a weird feeling to it, and then I'm sure he has the same feelings when he talks to Ahsoka about how she got banished from the Jedi Order, and that just kind of feeds into what will ultimately become the doubt that leads into Revenge of the Sith. Does that make yeah. sense? I know I was kind of rambling <laughs> there for a second. I apologize. No, I, I, mean, I, I think that makes total sense. I Personally, I and I think I've mentioned this on the, the show like a long time ago, but I kind of have this working theory that like at the end, particularly at the end of season five, we see, you know, Ahsoka leaves the order. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that devastates Anakin. And I think there's like, to me, there's always been this part where it's like Anakin sees Ahsoka leave the order, but then sees that she can thrive. You know? Yes. And that's and, what and gives him the kind of hope, right? Exactly. But he doesn't understand his own fallibility in that. Yeah. That like he, you know, he needs the structure of the Jedi Order, you know, in, in the same way that certain people need that little extra control in their lives in order to keep themselves in a in a safe and healthy place. Right. Um, and but and it's just weird to me that it's like, okay, like my 14-year-old Padawan like <laughs> is teaching me these things but i feel like it's so true and i think that just speaks to like who anakin actually truly is yeah and i mean you also like it's it, it's the 14 year old uh, perspective of a 14 year old padawan who's been in the jedi order most of her life versus mm -hmm. anakin who was who had the first nine years of his life i mean just enslaved so i mean he, he already has a weird outlook on life as it is and and that just kind of feeds into his character in this show we've seen that too um yes. but again like i it's it's just that other icing on the cake we see the doubt that's kind of fed to him and this is where his mistrust of the council comes and like it's just i don't know it, it's going into this final arc it's going to be just so much fun to talk about all the freaking parallels because this is a, a run for run you could watch this alongside revenge of the sith 
and point out which like when such and such is happening and it's so great um, I don't yeah <laughs> I don't know how to make that happen but I would love to do that like and just I'm, we like should slice just it all go, together yeah exactly and we should just like go through and do like a real time like interspersing <laughs> the two things we'll just split screen <laughs> order 66 as it happens yeah oh my every god every location I guarantee then we'll you add in uh, Jedi Fallen some... Order. <laughs> there's something on YouTube somewhere that oh. someone's done this for sure. Yeah, and I know that I, ho- I, know I hope someone's sure, done it. I know for sure someone actually made an edit of Revenge of the Sith that was the Siege of Mandalore cut, which was essentially like the movie intercut with this, with the like <laughs> you know the next arc that we'll be talking about. I'm sure it's long as hell, but it's it's probably worth it. <laughs> yeah. An hour and a half of Clone Wars plus uh, two and a half hours of a movie. (laughs) Oh, the best movie ever. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, I mean, otherwise, you know, I, I, this arc was okay. It was, it it was what it was, and I'll, I'll take it at face value. But much like, you know, much like other arcs through certain seasons, it's like, it's hit or miss, you know. You see what it's there for, and it hits all the certain beats, but. As you said, Andrew, we're thirty. You know, we're thirty-year-olds, kind of <laughs> criticizing a cartoon, tearing show, apart so. a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. trying not to take it too seriously. Like I, I, I enjoy it for what it is. I enjoy it for being the bridge that it is. I consider it the Thor and Captain America to the eventual Avengers. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's just that bridge you got to cross to you know make your day. Um, I understand that, and and I agree. I mean, you know, I I think hopefully. I know I kind of came at this maybe with more negativity than I do with a lot of, you know, my Star Wars takes. But yeah, you really sold this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but definitely, there's 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 some redeeming values. You know, I do think it is a an important step and an important bridge for Ahsoka. You know, and and I don't want to downplay the value of that. But it's you know, there's just so many other things that it's just like. It just the sisters themselves just weighed so heavily in my evaluation of this arc that is like it's probably not healthy. <laughs> How would you feel if they were to pop up in future media, like they had their own little side adventure, like a novel or something like that? Well, and now I had this like I don't think I will be happy when we find out that like Ahsoka's pilot for her journey when we get the live action Ahsoka series. <sighs> It's, it's going to be Trace. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be such a callback. Oh, I'm not ready. You're calling it now. It's official. I'm calling it now. Everyone, Andrew, his favorite if character, we, Trace Martez, we, is yes. going to show up as Ahsoka's pilot in the Ahsoka If we hear show. word that Brigitte Kali Canales has been cast <laughs> to the Ahsoka show, I'm, oh my God. I'm not going to watch it. Well, so like, there's going to be a point where like it's going to cross over with like Mandalorian season three, and they're just transporting all the man, uh, all the best car back to Mandalore. And she's like, "I don't want it." It just dumps it all, <laughs> dumps it all in like, a hyperspace lane. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nobody gets it. Oh my god! And it causes the next great disaster. It's going to be great. Yes. Oh, oh my god! Well, before well, we move on, I just want to ask. So, I've got your overall thoughts on this. If yes. you had to sell this arc to a newcomer how would you describe this in one to two sentences if you want to buy drugs don't buy drugs 
Okay. That's that's a good way to put it, I guess. Nah, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> no. Like in, in in all respect, it's it's a it's a uh, it's an interesting perspective on Jedi with a interesting narcotic fueled backstory. <laughs> How's that sound? All right. Okay. I think that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. I mean, I'm, ge- I'm good. <laughs> or I'm sorry. No, go I, ahead. Go ahead. I don't know that I can even summarize it, really. I think <laughs> I would just say, you know, if you like the character of Ahsoka, this is the probably the most Ahsoka-focused story that's out there. Fair enough. And she, like... Her story is fine. It's just everything else that's happening around her that's not so fine. The Martez sisters themselves are kind of just tools to yes. like storytelling tools at this point. I mean, they, you know, I, I called them like flat foils before, and I feel like that's just really what they are. It's like, fair, and, you know, and it's weird because I do think there was like a, you know, early on when we were first getting details, it was like, well, we're going to be introduced to these sisters and, you know, they're going to be a big part of this story. And it's like, I just, <laughs> are they? Though? I, and I think the short answer is they really just aren't actually. And, and the sooner that I come to accept that and the sooner that you, the audience, whoever you are comes to accept that the better this story will become. Fair enough. Okay. I, I think that's a pretty coarse uh, answer. And honestly, just to finish it out, keep it on. We're, I'm excited to get on to the next one. I'm excited yes. to talk about the next one. Yes. Siege but as of we Dathomir. Do. If that doesn't just... Or not Dathomir. Ooh, that, oh, that's the secret <laughs> season, actually. That's, that's, yeah, that's right. Uh, Siege of Mandalore. If that doesn't just sound awesome. So we're talking Mandalorians. We're talking war. In the Star Wars, in the we're talking Maul, we're talking Ahsoka, we're talking <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, we're talking uh, murder of Mandalorians flying around their jetpacks. We're talking everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, but to that end, I, like I said, I'm excited for it. But as we've been doing, I want to keep the tradition going. And uh, this week, uh, Duncan, you are up. Uh, we are going to be doing uh, a new quiz. This one's a little bit different. I have to actually type in your answer so we can check and see if you're right or wrong. Oh, okay. So uh, the quiz itself is we're going to complete the quote from the Star Wars Jedi. So I'm going to read the quote to you. You tell me what you want me to put in there. I'll type it in and we'll see if you're right or not. We got 10 questions. You cool? Nice. Let's do it. Let's do it. First one from Mace Windu. This party's blank. Sorry. Say that again. What? Mace Windu says this. This party's blank. <laughs> oh, God. This party? This party's, like apostrophe S. Lame. This party's lame. This party's lame. <laughs> this party's lame. That's not right. Try again. Sure, correct answer. This party's over. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. This is, this is Samuel L. Jackson, so you got to imagine it's going to be cool. That's yeah. right. This pod is over. That's kind of how he says it. Hold on. Uh, your next one. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, you don't need to see his blank. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> oh, my. I'm blanking on the word. Identification. Identification. Isn't it identification? That's correct. That is, that is correct. Ah, okay. 
I was going to say, if I didn't know that one, just take me <laughs> up back. Take me up back and put me out of my misery. All right. This one's from Ray. Oh, this could be good. And I am blank the Jedi. <laughs> all? No. All. All. <laughs> That's correct. Good job. All right. <laughs> from Yoda. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to blank. Suffering. Oh. Suffering. <laughs> oh, that was good. Who was that? <laughs> I think that was it. <laughs> I couldn't that tell. That was actually really good. I that couldn't tell who scary. made that noise. That's, good job. That's what happens when you're getting over a cold. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when's I've your reading, like, Go ahead. I've been reading stories to Sully, uh, as we do every night, but we always take turns, but like do you you know, whenever it? I'm reading Yeah. But whenever we're we're doing these different stories and different voices like i try to do different things and like i feel like i've been coming up with some really good ones just because my nose is just full <laughs> of whatever so oh yes that's awesome i want to hear you do the rods from monsters inc perfect that's good uh, enough <laughs> fair enough uh from qui-gon Jin, there's always blank a bigger fish a bigger fish, of course. That's correct. All right. From Luke Skywalker. Confronting blank is the destiny of the Jedi. Your destiny. Wait, confronting. What's that? Con blank. Confronting blank is the destiny of the Jedi. Your destiny. Evil. Isn't it evil? It is not. It oh. is fear. Ah. Confronting fear, which okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, the that's all right. Cave. Yep. That was from the... Uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, there are way too many quotes from Last Jedi in this. Well, to continue on to this, from Yoda, the greatest teacher, blank is failure. Failure. That is correct. Uh, yes. Oh, all right, Duncan. This one might be a little more difficult. All right. This one's from Luminera Undali. Sure, sure it is. <laughs> Luminara Unduli. Unduli, sure. <laughs> I said that real wrong. Your thoughts betray you, Viceroy. I can blank your concern. Oh. I, I mean, I feel like if you if you're you a good like words. connotational speaker, you can yeah. figure out what this word yeah. is. I can feel yeah. I can feel your concern. I would say either feel or sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's sense. Sense. Okay. Sense. All right. It was close. Again, I think they're interchangeable. I don't see why not. Let's see here. Okay. From Ahsoka Tano. And uh, the picture associated with it is kind of terrifying. Uh, it is. Are you blank of me, master? Ahsoka Tano. Proud. Proud of me. I'm going to say it's proud. correct. Hey. Wow. Look at you go. Nailed oh, us. my God. I would have there gotten go. that one. Uh, this is my this is one of my favorite characters, Kiyadi Mundi. Uh, this is number ten, Duncan. So this is all this is for all the marbles. All the marbles. <laughs> he is a blank, not a murderer. Oh. Oh Thank God. Him. He is a blank, not a murderer. Imagine a guy with a huge forehead saying that. Yeah, that's... Oh, God. <laughs> I 
and a nice beard. Yeah, and a nice I, top I'm, knot. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the context of who he's talking about. Well, to add to it, if I'll give you a little hint, he's it looks like he's in the senator's office. So oh, I wouldn't even say a senator's office. There is one particular senator. Oh yeah, it's like chancellor. I think yes. oh. yeah. A politician. Let's say a politician. 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 Why can't I? Oh, I feel like that's wrong. Oh, but... you no, know, you were you were very close. This is a very specific. If you if you knew your words, you would know it. Political idealist. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So. Fair enough. You got seven out of ten. Not bad. All right. He's talking about Dooku in that, right? I think so. Yeah, because at that point, Dooku would be Count Dooku, right? Yes. He's like he, and that was his whole deal for leaving the Jedi Order in the first place, is because he didn't agree with the politics they were getting into. Exactly. Political oh. idealist, not a murderer. <laughs> oh, that makes so much more sense now that you put it that way. Oh my goodness. Oh well. Well, hey, with anything, I think I had a great time, guys. Um, if you want to check us out, by all means, be sure to hit us up on. Well, hopefully, Instagram. they've been oh, doing that, Connor. I do <laughs> hope they've been doing that. Uh, we had we had a a close friend of the uh, of the podcast, my wife, even Chris Welsh, has been handing me a bunch of quizzes. So we've got a lot of that coming in the future. And if anyone has any more quizzes they would like us to do or any different ones, we're, we're gonna have to do a quiz heavy episode. Or even that, like I like quiz heavy episodes. I like just talking. Like I like I like the guesstimate, like guessing all. That. I don't yeah, know. that sounds it's, great. It's all kinds of fun. We can add it to the list. Uh, but as I say, if you want to get at us, please don't hesitate. Go to Greeter Shot First Podcast uh, on Instagram. That's our Greeter Shot First Podcast. Or uh, check us up on Twitter at First Greedo. You can also check us out on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rate and review uh, on Spotify or at registhousepodcast.com. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, compliments anything like that please be sure to uh, shoot us an email at greetershotfirstpod at gmail.com that's greetershotfirstpod all one word at gmail.com and with that being said guys i had a great time i'm very excited to get back next week and uh just talk about you know the finale of uh this great series and i don't know brian did you have a good time yeah i had a wonderful time andrew you have a good time boring conversation anyway i bet it was (laughs) 